Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. What a, what a powerful weekend uh, it is uh, to reunite because uh, it's not only the, the Queen's Jubilee, of course, uh, and I'm sure different ones here, you're enjoying the bank holiday. How many of you were glad that you only had a three-day week last week? Amen. Come on. Yeah, just give God praise. Amen. It's okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, and I'm sure some of you, maybe you have plans to go and watch the pageantry later on. Uh, and, uh, and that's why also today we will not be running two services, but just one service. Uh, so that, you know, different ones can just enjoy more of the bank holiday. Uh, but like I said, besides just being a wonderful bank holiday weekend, uh, today is also actually Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is none other than 50 days uh, after the resurrection of Jesus, uh, where the Holy Spirit came in, in, in such a powerful way, uh, you know, imbuing uh, a power upon the, the first uh, disciples and believers, you know. Uh, Jesus, in fact, after He rose again from the grave, uh, in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and tells His disciples to say that, continue to remain, tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Then start your ministry. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is, is such an important and crucial person in our lives. Uh, and so I, I want to ask us a question. You know, uh, today we celebrate Pentecost, which basically in Greek just means 50 days. It's been 50 days since we celebrated again the resurrection of Christ this year. And let me ask you this question. In the last 50 days, has your faith grown stronger or weaker? In the last 50 days, have you become more faithful or faithless? In the last 50 days, have you become more consistent or inconsistent? In the last 50 days, has there been more testimony or less testimony in your life? And friends, no matter what it is, I'm not here to shame anyone, but I'm here to remind us of our need for the Holy Spirit. And even if your answer is in the positive and says that, yes, pastor, praise God. And oh, my, my faith has grown stronger. I've become more consistent. I've seen more of God in my life. And I can tell you the only reason you're even able to say that is because of the Holy Spirit. And if you say in your heart the negative, oh no, pastor, ouch, I've not been the most consistent. I've not been the most faithful. In fact, I think I've regressed instead of progress. Then I'm here to encourage you and say that the solution is also found in the Holy Spirit. So regardless of where you land, it's more of the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and says, you need more of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so that's why, if you're taking down notes today, uh, the title of a message today is called Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Because we need more of Him. And I pray that today as a church, you know, we will just be, you know, leaving this place more hungry for the Holy Spirit, more aware of the Holy Spirit, and more desiring of Him. Amen. And I want to turn us to John chapter 14, verse 1 to 26. Because the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives, Jesus made sure that in His final moments, before He was arrested, 
and 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 you know persecuted and eventually crucified in his final moments of 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 fellowship with his disciples uh, in the upper room where they had the last supper and today even we had the last supper to remember that Jesus had good conversations with them uh, bible scholars call these sessions the, the the upper room discourse and and it's basically you know everything from John chapter 13 to John chapter 17 and, and but today we want to focus on John chapter 14. How many know that when you are having your final moments, you don't waste time talking about the weather? You don't waste time talking about things that don't matter. You, you, you talk about important things. Recently, I went back to spend some time with family in Malaysia uh, and uh, they're getting, you know, my, 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 my parents and sisters, they're, they're getting older in age and, and, and even though they are still healthy and by the grace of God, I pray we'll have many more years together, uh, but already they're talking about important things. You know, adult things that maybe you haven't heard yet, but one day you will hear and then you will remember and go like, okay, I remember this message. They're starting to talk about inheritance. They're starting to talk about like insurance policy and, 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 and whose name is, you know, my, my sister recently told me and said, hey, I just, uh, you know, my older sister, is, she's, she's, she's uh, not married and she's not planning to get married. And, and so she's saying that, hey, I, I just uh, took on a, a insurance, you know, a, a life insurance policy and I named all of you. I just got a text a couple of days ago. I just named all of you, all the other siblings, uh, my beneficiaries. And, and in a very gracious and, you know, gregarious way, she's saying that, yeah, so in case anything happens, you know, all of you will be rewarded with a nice holiday. And of course, I said that, no, the last thing we want is to go on a holiday. Uh, but, but how we know that when, when you have some final moments, you talk about important things like inheritance, important things like that what you want to pass on, right? And so Jesus here spent a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that is the inheritance of God. You see, Jesus is, is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door to the Father. But once that door is open, you know, you know what also comes out is the Holy Spirit. God wants us to live not just, you know, a normal life, but He wants us to live a Spirit-filled life. Jesus was Spirit-filled and He wants all of His disciples to be Spirit-filled. And it has been being filled filled with the Holy Spirit that we're able to please God and live for His purposes. Amen? And so we're going to study a little bit John chapter 14. We're going to read certain, almost the whole chapter, not the whole, but almost the whole. And, and I hope that you would, uh, uh, you know, just get your hearts ready to just receive from God today. And, and, and I know it's flashed out on the screen. Uh, and uh, just allow me to pray before we begin. God, I thank you that in a while we're going to read your scripture. Lord, we want you to speak to us. Lord, today, Lord, we don't want to become more faithless. We want to become more faithful. Lord, we don't want to run away. We want to run to you. And so God, in a while, we want to, we want to download everything that you have in store for us today. Speak to us, God. Make our hearts good ground so that when your seed of faith lands, Lord, we become people that will produce, Lord, a 34, 64, 104 harvest for you. And so again, Lord, we pray, Lord, would you speak to us? Lord, today we're not here for more information, but we desire transformation. So would you change us from the inside out so that we become more like you in Jesus' name me pray. Amen. John chapter 14 verse 1 says this, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, it means that I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live and you live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And he who does not love me and does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Amen. Praise God. Lots to unpack there. So here we go. Here we have Jesus reminding us that at the crux of it all, Christianity, it's, 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 it's more than just a moral lesson. It, 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 is, it is God reconciling with men. And Jesus is saying that, hey, look, our kingdom is not of this world. This planet Earth is not your eternal home. In fact, I am going away to prepare your eternal home. And Jesus here is reminding us that, hey, friends, our kingdom is not of this Earth. So friends, whatever you have on planet Earth, don't hold on to it too tightly. 
Don't hold on to money too tightly. Don't hold on to grudges too tightly. Don't hold on to sin too tightly. Don't hold on to the things of this world because you are not made for this world. You're made for God. And Jesus is saying that I'm going ahead. I'm preparing a room for you. And, and, and that's another reminder that at the call of the call of Jesus is an invitation to be part of his mission. His mission to save, his mission to heal, his mission to, to bring peace on earth by reconciling people back to God and then to each other. That is our mission. And so our, our faith is not just about a Sunday gathering. Amen? Praise God when the church is gathered, but even more important is when the church is scattered into our Mondays and Fridays. When you're there alone in, in, in your marketplace, in your schools, in your campuses, in your room, uh, you're not lost. You are exactly where God wants you to be. That is your mission ground. That is where God wants you to start. Amen? And, and, and this is such an encouragement because here we have, you know, such a beautiful picture. Jesus is saying that I'm going ahead, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing rooms for you. And so for every soul saved, for every person that you impact, for every life that, 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 that surrenders themselves to Jesus, I can imagine Jesus is there, you know, just designing. Can you imagine? If you ever need a picture of, to remind you, to encourage you that you are loved by God, just right now, think, imagine Jesus designing your room. What's your perfect room? All of us have a perfect room. Come on. You know, you have a perfect room. Some of you who are currently staying in a hostel, your perfect room is just anything with an ensuite toilet. You know, and how many know that, you know, that, okay, don't get into theological discussion whether there are toilets in heaven. But all I know is that God is right now designing a room for you, preparing a place for you. If you ever need an encouragement to say, does God really love me? He is right now working, working to design a forever home where you can be with Him forever. And then when you do impact a friend, I see Jesus going like, oh, another room to design another room, you know, and, 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 and Jesus is there. I can imagine, you know, whether this is real or just my own sanctified imagination, but I imagine Jesus, you know, putting his carpentry skills to use, you know, and, and he's not designing, uh, he's not putting together Ikea bed for you. He's, he's building something from scratch for you. And that is how much we are loved by God. And not only that, that is the mission of God that we have been invited to participate and partner along, friends. And, and how many know that to do this is it, not something we can do by human strength alone. And so in this even short scripture that we just read, Jesus is reminding us at least three things about the Holy Spirit. Three things about the Holy Spirit that we need to know so that we become more acquainted with Him, so that we become more familiar with Him, so that we, we can have more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so I have three points for us today. And the first point, amen, that, can, that will help us live out the mission of Jesus, uh, you know, here on earth and partnering with, with God, uh, is to understand, point number one, that the Holy Spirit represents the person of God. The Holy Spirit is a person. See, the Holy Spirit is not some force. He's not some, you know, Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, force be with you. It's not that. The Holy Spirit is, is He's a person. Jesus describes it in verse 16 and 17. We just read that. But He will ask the Father to send a helper. 
and he will come and, and the world might not accept him but you will accept him. Do you see that Jesus is saying that this is a him? This is a helper. And so a lot of us here, like I said, it's been 50 days and today we, we remind ourselves again the importance, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We don't just need Him 50 days after resurrection. We need Him every day. And so how do we draw near to Him every day? We draw near to Him by acknowledging Him as a person. How do you grow a friendship? Let me tell you this, just in case you're wondering what can I learn from church. You grow friendship by acknowledging that person. You ever want to make a friend? Remember the person's name. So it's as simple as that, right? You come to a church and then people, someone remembers your name, you feel welcome, you feel belonged. And what more the Holy Spirit? The next time you're in trouble, the next time you have a need, the next time you're struggling, you know, would you cry out to the Holy Spirit and just say, Holy Spirit, that's His name. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, help me. Do you know that this is a personal prayer of mine that I've been reminding myself and training myself to pray more and more. And every time I'm struggling, every time I find it hard to be faithful, every time I get tempted, every time I feel like giving up, every time I'm low, feeling very low, instead of, of, of just you know, giving up or, or giving in, I, I, I pray this prayer of acknowledgement to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, help me. Because he's a helper. So when you do that, you begin to draw near friends. So friends, I don't know what you are going through. Maybe you're, you're, you just came out from a really tough week. Or maybe you're going into a really tough week. Maybe you got some interviews coming up. Maybe you, you, God has placed uh, uh, an important mission in your heart. Maybe it's not just these things called work and life that you're struggling with. Uh, maybe God has placed it within you, a burden to, to reach out to your housemates, to your family member. Maybe you, you want to tell someone about Jesus. Or maybe you want to tell a loved one that you recently came to know Jesus, but, but you're, you're struggling. You don't quite know how to do it. Lest you be rejected, lest you be ridiculed. Friends, the solution is not in just reading more books or anything like that. The solution is found in the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong, knowledge is good. But the Bible also says that it is the Holy Spirit that gives us the words to say at the right time and the right place. So friends, let us begin to acknowledge the person of the Holy Spirit more. Amen? You know, that, that's why as a church, you know, recently we, we, we wrote a song and I'm not sure we sang it today. I, I don't think we did, but, but we probably sang it in church before. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it has a line that says, Spirit of God, you know, uh, you know we love you. And, and it came from the place of just talking to the different worship leaders and going like, do you know that many times we, we say we need the Holy Spirit, but, but that it seems to be a very one-sided, <laughs> God, I need you. God, come and heal me. God, come and... But, but where, where is our expression of love? And so friends, when was the last time you expressed your love for the Holy Spirit? When was the last time in your devotional life you go like, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for... for, 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 for being with me forever. Jesus says, my Father will send a helper and He will dwell with you forever. That is the selflessness. If you, if you think that Jesus died a very selfless uh, a sacrifice, you know, very sacrificially died for your sins, then the Holy Spirit is equally sacrificial and equally selfless by dwelling with us, by being with us. 
You know, I used this example before. You know, <laughs> of all places the Holy Spirit can dwell, He doesn't dwell in the White House. He doesn't dwell in the penthouse. He dwells in you. What a privilege. And so, acknowledge. Amen? You know, if the Holy Spirit is dwelling with you, then acknowledge Him. You know, how do you grow your relationship with your housemate? Acknowledge Him or her. You know, sometimes I get people come up to me and say, Pastor, can you pray for me? I've not been getting along with my housemate. Very difficult person. I said, have you tried blessing them? Have you tried acknowledging them? Have you tried, you know, loving them? And it's the same with the Holy Spirit, friends. Amen? I don't know how the last 50 days has been for you, but we need the Holy Spirit and we need to acknowledge Him more. Amen? Point number two is this. The Holy Spirit also represents the power of God. The power of God. You know, in verse 26, you know, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will teach you and remind you everything that I have taught you, everything that Jesus has deposited in you. And Jesus says that the things that, that I do, you will do also when the Spirit comes upon you. And so the Holy Spirit is, is to help us to get into action. It's the Holy Spirit, it, it's the power we need to be obedient. How many know that it's not just, uh, you know, it's not just healing that we need the power of God? You know, when, when I say the power of God, you immediately think of signs and wonders. Oh yeah, yeah, I need, of course, the power of God to, to, to pray for someone to be healed and to pray for someone to be set free. But how many know that you need the power of God to forgive? How many know that you need the power of God to be faithful? How many know that you need the power of God, you know, to, to, to even serve Him? And everyone who served this morning say, Amen. All of you woke up by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of you practiced by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of you gave today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you think it's just your generosity? It's the Holy Spirit of reminding you Jesus, remind, no, Jesus taught about being generous. Jesus taught about, you know, storing up treasures in heaven. And that's how we give. Recently, I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. I was reminded of the power of the Holy Spirit. Just a couple of days ago, you know, we were enjoying the bank holiday and, and Pastor Cap, uh, you know, I, I'm quite a, a hermit. I like to stay at home. Um, but Pastor Cat likes to explore London and Pastor Cat says, let's go to Mayfair. And I'm like, Mayfair? And my brain goes, when I think of Mayfair, I think of Monopoly, Mayfair, you know, but, 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 but she's like, no, Mayfair, it's a real place. I'm like, of course it is. That's why it's on Monopoly. Uh, and so we went to Mayfair, a really posh area, and, you know, I, and uh, we were walking along Mayfair, and uh, we saw this building that is now a food hall, but it, it was once a church. And we could see a lot of people going in and out of it. And, uh, and then Kat told me, like, oh, yeah, this, this is a food hall. Uh, it used to be a church. And as she said that, she suddenly was reminded by the Holy Spirit that she married a pastor. And she goes like, oh, I don't, I, I don't think you want to go in, right? And then I go like, yeah, I'm already feeling like what Jesus felt when he went to the temple and over." turn some tables. I, I'm not trying to be spiritual, but I could really feel it like, this is not right. But I said, Let, let's just go in anyway, just to have a look. I just felt, you know, God wanted to teach me something. And as I went in there, it was, you know, of course, they turned it into a food hall. Um, lots of tables. <laughs> no, it really is very triggering. Lots of tables, people eating and drinking, people selling and buying. And of course, they've 
preserved it beautifully. You know, there's a part of me that goes like, God, why can't you just bless us with this kind of building? You know, we would love to take care of it, you know, steward it for your glory. Um, and, 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 and the least they did was that they preserved the stained glass really well. And it was a very beautiful stained glass that tells the story of Jesus and His death and resurrection. And right there in the centerpiece of the stained glass is, is a picture of the resurrected Christ out of the tomb. And, and pictures of the disciples bowing down in worship. But with that beautiful, glorious stained glass telling the story, the good news of Jesus, around is just people oblivious, eating, drinking. And because it's, you know, where the stained glass was, the, 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 the nearest areas were also would be traditionally used by some churches as like the most holy area. That's where the communion is served. And that's where the, the preaching takes place. Um, um, but, but those areas are now used for the selling of drinks and beer and alcohol and wine and cocktail. And there I was just feeling stirred up by the Holy Spirit. Not, not, not in anger trying to flip tables. But God was speaking and saying that this is my love for the world. Here I am telling them, repent. I have made all things new. Come to me. And yet people are eating and drinking, taking their own sweet time. And yet every eating and drinking is only possible because of the house that God has built. And, and such is our planet. Billions of people in this world thinking that, nah, I'm not sure about this Jesus. I think I can, I can handle my life without this Jesus. You know, when I need Him, then I go to Him. Such presumptuous talk. And sometimes such presumptuous talk is not even coming out from non-believers. It's coming out from believers. When was the last time the Holy Spirit asked you to pray, but then you said, ah, maybe not now. When was the last time you walked into your room and you saw your Bible and you feel a prompting within you for the Holy Spirit saying that maybe you need to read, the Lord maybe wants to speak to you and then you go like, ah, oh, too busy right now. Too busy as you're scrolling through the, the gram for the millionth time. Friends, sometimes the Holy Spirit is there to wake us up. That is equally powerful. The power of the Holy Spirit is not just to do signs and wonders, but it's to, it's to birth revival within us. And sometimes if you're not careful, we can just sleepwalk our way through life, friends. But the Holy Spirit dwells in us to awaken us up. To wake us up and go like, friends, you know, it, you need to wake up. You can't just sleepwalk. You need to honor the Lord. You need to stay true to, to His Word. You, you, you need to get more serious. And then after that, Pastor Kat was starting to feel it too. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm suddenly reminded that the Holy Spirit does dwell in us. Because the more I walk this hall, the more uncomfortable I feel. And it's the Holy Spirit, friends that stirs up the Holy Spirit, friends, that, that, that wakes us up from complacency. Have you become complacent, friends? In the last 50 days, have you become more complacent? Don't be complacent. Jesus didn't die for us to be complacent. Jesus didn't make the Holy Spirit a reality so that we can take Him for granted, friends. We need to wake up. And that, I feel, is one of the expressions of the power of the Holy Spirit. 
to remind us all that Jesus has taught us, to remind us of the mission, to remind us of all that Jesus has deposited in us. And, and of course, don't get me wrong, the Holy Spirit is also a source of power and great strength. The, 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 the early disciples were able to preach the way they did and, and, and plant churches the way they did and lay hands the way they did because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And friends, the, the, the longer I, I, I'm ministering in, in this nation, the, the more I come to realize the, the people's desperate need for the Holy Spirit. And it's sometimes very easy for us to be tempted to think that what our friends need is an answer. What our friends need is a theological answer, is an apologetics answer, is more proof. No, friends, there's enough proof that God is real. There's enough evidence. But what we need is the Holy Spirit that will come and turn the lights on within them. You don't need another conversation with your friend. You need a spirit-filled conversation. You don't need another water cooler talk with your, your, your colleague. You need the Holy Spirit with, that, with you at the water cooler, anointing you, giving you a nudging, when to step up by faith to pray. Amen? That is power. I wrote here, the world that we're living in today is facing a power crisis. Energy bills are going up. People are researching on renewable energy. But I wrote here, the world might have a power crisis, but not God. With God, there's never a power crisis. With God, there is power from heaven. All we need to do is reach out for it. All we need to do is reach out for it. Amen? Let me use this example before I move on to my final point. We live in a world today where we, we find it hard to imagine living without internet or Wi-Fi. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is the key. You know, a lot of times we are like, we're Christians living in a world where, where we can detect a, a strong Wi-Fi connection, but we don't have a key, we don't have the password, we don't have access. The Holy Spirit is that access. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, when He comes upon you, you will experience what it feels like to have the Father in you and you in the Father. You will experience what I've been experiencing. And so friends, don't just walk through the rest of this year. If this message can be a wake-up call, then this is not me waking you up. This is the Holy Spirit. Friends, it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to be more bold, to step up by faith, to pray again, to offer prayer again, to, 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 to believe that God, use me, use ordinary me for your supernatural glory. Would you make that your prayer today? Amen? Because the Holy Spirit is the power of God. Point number three, the Holy Spirit also represents the presence of God. The presence of God. How do you draw near to God? How many know that there are days where just because you know that you're supposed to do something doesn't mean that it's easy for you to do it. It's not just a mission that we need to know that we're part of. It's not just the ability so knowing the person, the Holy Spirit, reminds us of the mission that we're in. Knowing that, you know, the Holy Spirit is power manifest, reminds us that we have the ability to, to, to live like Jesus, to pray like Jesus, to love like Jesus. But how many know that for there to be growth, there also needs to be a conducive environment. 
right? How many of you have planted a tree before? You know, uh, you know, recently, you know, I started getting into tree planting, not tree planting. Um, see, I'm, I'm not even good at it. What's that word? Taking care of plants, basically. <laughs> and uh, my, my wife has bought some and, uh, you know, and she says, I, I don't have the green fingers. And I go like, Holy Spirit, give me, give me the touch. Give me the touch. And by the grace of God, the, the, the plants are growing, you know. Uh, I, 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 I'm not saying thriving, but they're at least growing. Uh, they're not dying for sure, but they're growing, you know. So the rosemary is growing. You know, I'm, I'm taking care of very simple plants. Rosemary, I'm telling her, say, maybe it's harvest time soon. We can harvest, you know. Then you, you'll be invited to have, uh, you know, roast potatoes with homegrown rosemary uh, seasoning. Uh, the, the sage is, is growing, praise the Lord. The lavender is, 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 is growing. Uh, and, uh, you know, but how many know that to grow, you need to be in the right environment? And the Holy Spirit generates that environment. That environment is called the presence of God. You see, Judas, not Iscariot, asks a very good question. He says, Jesus, why make it so complicated? If you want to save the world, why, why do you not just appear to everyone, not just to us? And Jesus says that, well, the Father's way is that you remain and you obey my commands. When you believe in my teaching and you live them out, it's as good as me appearing to you. And, and Jesus is trying to give us keys to say that, hey, I love you and I know that I'm asking you to participate in this life-saving mission. But here's the good news. I will not, verse 18 we read, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you in an environment where you feel unloved. I will not leave you in an environment where you feel lost. No, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. And it is in the Holy Spirit that we are no longer orphans. It is in the Holy Spirit that we are connected to God. It is in the Holy Spirit that the presence of God is made real. And the, the Bible further says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It's as if it's building upon the teachings of Jesus, saying that I'm not going to leave you as orphans and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And in Romans, he says here, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And so the Bible here is trying to tell us that with the Holy Spirit, we have not only been filled by God, but we are now connected and we are now adopted into the presence of God. Adoption is such a beautiful word. It's, if, we, if we look at it from the eyes of the world, it can be a discouraging thing. Nobody wants to find out that you've been adopted. True. But when it comes to God, adoption is a beautiful thing. Adoption means this, and I met some friends, I have some very, you know, godly, generous friends that, that adopt children into their family. I even have a, a friend from uni who loves the Lord, and then they, they made a decision and said that as long as they're orphans in this world, we're not even going to plan to have a family of our own, we're just going to adopt kids. And so all their kids are adopted, and, and, and adoption is beautiful because adoption means this, I know that this child is not mine by making a decision to love this child. I know that this child might have problems. And sometimes, you know, when you adopt, you, you don't know the, the history of this child, 
where this child comes from, what's the temperament of this child, will this child have rejection issues, will, will this child take... Is, and, 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 and adoption by God is God looking at our brokenness and go like, no matter what comes, I'm committed to love you. I'm committed to, to, to wrestling with you. I'm committed to loving you. I'm committed to you. The world doesn't want you, but I want you. That is the heart of God. That is the presence of God. The presence of God, if I can put it in simpler terms, is knowing that you're loved by God. It's the feeling of knowing that you are loved. Have you had that feeling before? Where your family does something really kind and nice to you or when your friends do that? Maybe recently you had your birthday and uh, people surprise you. They, they plan something for you and you go like, why would you? And, as, and, and what you're experiencing then is a feeling of being loved. The presence of God is us feeling like we've been loved by God. And it's accomplished through the Holy Spirit. But how do we get more of this feeling? Jesus says, by keeping His commands. So friends, the key to experiencing more of God is not just running after conference after the conference. It's not, it's not those kind of things, but it's by being faithful to His commandments. You know, it, it's this double-edged sword. It's not easy to be faithful. But then when you are faithful, Friends, the first thing you experience even before a breakthrough is the presence of God telling you that you're loved by Him. When, when, when God challenged you to be obedient, even before you could be obedient, when you make the decision, you're immediately filled with the love of God. And it is that presence that sustains us. It is that presence that grows us, friends. You know, the, the, the tree can have lots of potential, but you cannot grow an apple tree in Southeast Asia. It'll be a... I don't know what it'll be. <laughs> but it won't be fruitful. Because as much potential is in the seed, it's not in the right environment. As much as you love the durian tree or the papaya tree, you cannot grow it in the UK. So are you in the right environment? And is that environment filled with the presence of God? And how do you fill yourself with the presence of God? By acknowledging the person of the Holy Spirit. By being faithful to His commands. By surrounding yourself with faithful men and women who are faithful to His commands and there God commands His presence. And so friends, I don't know what the rest of the year holds for you, but I want you to know that you can only achieve all that God desires of you if you begin to acknowledge the Spirit more, if you begin to depend on His power more and listen to His promptings more, and if you begin to draw near to His presence more by being obedient, by loving Him and keeping His commandments. Amen? That's the Holy Spirit. He's not a spirit of slavery. That's the spirit of the flesh. Through Him, we access the Father. Through Him, we access family. Through Him, we gain adoption. 
into the heavenly family of Jesus Christ. So friends, I pray that the Lord has been speaking to you. And in a while, can I just invite the worship team up? And I think that there's no better way to end today's service by just spending some time. No matter what you've been through. Maybe this teaching is a new revelation to you. Maybe, maybe you grew up not really understanding. And the third person of the Trinity is like almost like the most mysterious person. But here today, you're being told, not just me, but through the Word of God, that He is a helper. He is a helper. Some translations of the Bible will, will say it's an advocate. Helper, advocate, comforter, friend. Every time you find a, you know, a translation that, that, that you know, uses different words, it, it just, it's not to say that the translations are wrong. It just means that the original word is so rich in meaning that the English language is, is insufficient to fully describe it. And that's why different words are used. But the original word found here is advocate and none other than, if I'm not mistaken, it's pronounced paraclete or parakletos. Basically, it's like the advocate, the one that comes alongside you. Friends, that is the Holy Spirit. He came from heaven to come alongside you. You are never alone. No matter what you're going through, you are never alone. The devil wants you to think that you're alone alone defeated but you are not alone and you are not defeated because the Holy Spirit is beside you not far away from you beside you friends would you acknowledge Him would you desire for more of Him Amen would you allow Him to come alongside you be your comforter be your helper be your friend be your advocate oh advocate I love it those that study law, we understand advocate is just another fancy word to mean lawyer. And the Holy Spirit is not there to prosecute you. The Holy Spirit is there to defend you. To defend you against the lies of the enemy. When the enemy tries to prosecute you and tries to bring up evidence of your past and shame, your advocate, the Holy Spirit, is there saying that your honour I present exhibit Alpha is the cross and so for every evidence that the enemy tries to bring up it's been paid for by the cross and then he sits down I rest my case and the enemy tries to throw slime at you again and then your advocate stands out again your honour I present again evidence Alpha is the cross it's been done. My client, while guilty, his crime has been paid for. We rest our case and he sits down. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. Oh, friends. How can we be passive knowing that such a powerful force is working not against us but for us? Friends, the enemy wants to tell you that, that God is just one bad day away from wiping you off the Lamb's book of life. Far from it. The Holy Spirit is there to remind you, no friends, it's sealed in blood. It's sealed in blood. It's sealed in blood. So friends, let's not be passive anymore. Let's not be asleep anymore. But let's rise up 
friends. Let's be filled with the Spirit again. Let's say yes to the mission of Jesus. Let's draw into His presence. Let's introduce more people to the friend that we have, not just in Jesus, but in the Spirit as well. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.